Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Goosen, and I am joined by Warren DeToy. Hi, how's everybody doing today? And Nicholas Blank. Hello. Warren and I are joining you out of not-so-sunny Hong Kong. It's tomorrow already today, and uh, Chris is still in yesterday land. So this is a bit of a, a time zone gap episode. We like those ones. We, we tend to do a lot of them where we are talking to each other from the future and the past. And sometimes even in the same room at the time. <laughs> uh, on today's uh, episode, we have a really special guest that we're excited to talk about. And we're tackling another one of those really, really big topics. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've caught a couple of them over the last uh, few episodes. Um, and I'm going to get Anna to introduce herself to you. So my name is Anna Donnelly. Um, I work for Insight Enterprises. I am in very cold and horrible Chicago, Illinois, in the United States, um, where we just got off of a, a major polar vortex with all kinds of things freezing. And um, hopefully we get out of this at some point in time, but it snowed again last night. So I'm in a very different place than you guys, but I am uh, with Insight. I work with Chris. Um, and I specialize in adoption and change management. I am a product manager um, for our services there. And again, adoption and change management is one of one of the things that I that I own. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, so we, we work together. We've uh, spent a lot of time working in the trenches together. Uh, and I guess we have a lot of stories we could trade. I think that's great. <laughs> I'm going to jump in a little bit and ask a question straight off the bat. So Insight normally do these massive clients, right? I mean, like we're talking about hundreds of thousands of users. Yeah, one. How on earth do you get them to adopt it? <laughs> yeah, one or two. So it, it it's, a, it's definitely a challenge. I think it starts with getting people to understand what um, organizational change and adoption actually means. So to me, that's like, that's the number one thing. And not just getting your end users to adopt, but uh, getting leadership to buy in and understand that what you're doing is important. If you're trying to get them to uh, end users to adopt technology uh, in the past, you know, somebody from IT writes an email and the person in HR or in finance or in sales gets that email and they probably understand about, you know, 10% of what's, what's actually in that email. Um, and that just doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. Change is constant. Uh, with cloud technologies, especially when, when you talk about what I specialize in, which is mostly um, Office 365, uh, that those changes come about so often that it really takes a cultural shift uh, where you're trying to get people to consume technology in the same way at work that they consume it um, within in their personal lives. So that is really how we try to begin that process is to get people kind of excited about how 
technology can improve productivity and make them more effective and they can more quickly respond to their customers and all of that sort of like those things that that are going to benefit them in the end uh, to the point where they don't even know that what they're doing is, you know, that they're actually being marketed to internally. Um, the same way that, that like an Apple would market to someone who's in the market for a, a new a new phone. So it's about shifting that culture toward self-help and just that intrinsic excitement. You mentioned change management as well as adoption. And those are two very separate things. Do you mind just separating those two and explaining both of those in the context of what you do with the ever-changing cloud services? Yeah, certainly. So uh, that is something that is actually is really a challenge because there's this ITEL definition out there of change management, which is, you know, obviously recording things that happen and making sure that things are going through the right approval processes and, and <clears throat> you know, the ITIL definition of change management. It is not when I when we talk about it in the context of organizational change, um, it is entirely different. And then when we talk about adoption, that's that's something that's different even even more so. So there's this ITIL change management, and then there's organizational change management. Sometimes we leave the organizational out, in which case, um, you know, it, but it, it does refer to changing behaviors, getting people to kind of buy into to a change that's coming. And it can be for organizational change, it can be everything from you're rolling out a new technology to you have a restructure of an organization, you're laying people off, you're putting people in new roles, um, to you know, introducing new benefits within an organization. So um, it, it encompasses a lot more than just uh, cloud technologies or technology in general, organizational change. When you talk about adoption, a lot of times that is married with the idea of cloud technologies and it is right. because um it is because you kind of have to get people to incorporate uh applications and processes and things into their into their daily lives at work that they wouldn't they don't necessarily have to do i can as an office 365 user i can ignore everything in that stack and keep doing what I've been doing for years. I can use my Excel spreadsheets. I can keep sending emails. Um, and in the meantime, your organization is uh, losing out on a significant return on investment if they're only, um, if they're not encouraging their users to adopt. So if they're not encouraging their user, users to adopt, Office 365 can quickly become a really expensive email platform. So I so. think there are some, some good points out of that. I think the, the one I want to touch on there is the distinction between uh, ITIL change management and, and organizational change management. Because I think the, the concept of change management has been around for a long time, right? If I'm an IT pro, I'm used to the fact that if I'm going to make a change on a production system, I have to you know, log a change request and work through a, a change advisory board and things like that to get that change approved. But that's different to helping the organization usher in essentially changes to processes and systems. Um, so I think that was a really, really good, good distinction there because I think a lot of people use the term change management interchangeably. I, I think the second point 
that I wanted to make on that is is again if we look at Office 365 it's a, it's an entire suite and so if you don't work with the users to start adopting services um, things like planner and flow and, and all those types of things then at the end of the day the company is, is buying into an ecosystem that they're not using so I think again very very good point there yeah definitely and the the other piece that I think that change management gets confused with is project management um, there there is this there's a methodology out there um, within organizational change management practice um, through a company called ProSci. They're, they're kind of the leading governing body. Um, and the way that they describe the difference between the folks on the technical side who are managing the project versus um, the folks who are leading the, the project management portion and then your change, your change portion, technical and project management are very tactical, right? They're they're get, they're dealing with um, the things that need to be in place in order to make sure that you know X technology works. On the change management side, it's the people related stuff. So it's training, it's communications, um, it's internal marketing campaigns, it's online resources. Um, Service services related to um, you know help desk or, or service desk making sure that they have the right information so that they can help people. So, anytime you think about uh, organizational change management adoption in terms of how how it fits into the project management cycle, it's really on the people side of it. You're not going to have a project manager um, putting together training plans. You're not going to have them um, putting together adoption or marketing campaign type material. So the the folks that are delivering organizational change are usually people who are more in a communication space with some sort of background um, in technology. So if you compare that to a project manager or someone who is responsible for the technical rollout, um, I, I don't think that most of the time they're not really associated with being great communicators. So. Um, between change management, project management, ITIL change management, OCM adoption, everything gets really kind of convoluted and, and confused. Um, so that's why you know, when we started this conversation, I said that's one of the biggest hurdles that we have. Everybody knows that you need to put training in front of people and you need to communicate about the change. But to kind of classify it appropriately and understand what organizational change and why a methodology and a formalized practice means something uh, more has been one of the biggest challenges that we've had to get over, in, including internally in, in our own organization, um, helping people understand how it will benefit not only us, but our customers, how it drives project results. Um, there's some statistic out there that orga uh, formal organizational change plans, your project is about four, four times more likely to uh, to succeed, and that's that's a through that governing body pro side they do all kinds of uh, uh, measurement on an annual basis. That's one of the that's one of the one of their big statistics is if you're putting a formalized plan in that is comprehensive that covers everything that that I discussed between training and marketing and adoption and all those sorts of things, you can expect um, a significantly improved results. Um, 
for your project, whether it's, you know, rolling out Office 365, Windows 10 is another, another big one that requires that, and then obviously running the gamut of any technology that you're rolling out. I love what you're saying, except that I've got one, not a problem, one major concern, and it sounds like because we've uh, mentioned that cloud is always changing, how do you measure success in terms of what you do and how do you know when you're finished? Because ideally, we don't want to employ a change management person for the rest of our lives in, in terms of the, the lifetime of an organization just because we've adopted Office 365. So what what you just said there is exactly the kind of uh, challenges that we run up against. Um, world is changing. There is a cyclical change model that is in place for um, cloud technologies. And it is because it is always changing. Um, if you think about it in terms of, you know, I'm going I'm to keep going back to this idea of, you know, Apple and their phone, iPhone adoption. Um, they're always rolling out new technology. They didn't just roll out their first one and then expect everybody to continue, you know, to come to come along. They have a lot of marketing around it, and 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 um, a lot of other organi other organizations yeah. are kind of excited about them. People are willing to get in line for that thing, right? They're willing to wait for the phone. They know when it's coming out. When they get it, they know how to set everything up already. They understand the applications. They understand what apps should go on there and how it's going to benefit them. That sort of thing, that is exactly the same pace that is occurring inside of an organization uh, with your end users, with cloud technologies. And, and it's not just um, Office 365. It's, it's a number of technologies, in which case making an investment um, in your an organizational change practice sometimes is a good idea. Um, other times there are services that manage those sorts of things for you on an ongoing basis, but it is something that you're always, as, as new applications are rolled out, you're always going to need um, additional training. There are all kinds of governance decisions that go into um, Office 365, not the least of which is how they're going to use those applications. So there's a lot of communications that need to occur between um, IT and compliance and security and the end users. So it's really an ongoing, um, it's an ongoing process. So there are or there are organizations, some of whom that are way beyond where, where others are at this point in time um, that have change management offices. Um, I worked for a very large corporation whose mascot was a, a clown and they sold a lot of burgers. You just stole my um, question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was the next question I had lined up. What was it like working for them? <laughs> oh, did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's LinkedIn and stuff. Oh yes, that's right. See, this is this is why. So that, that's why I don't have a lot of information out there. Um, it was very interesting. Honestly, it was the it was the one of the hardest jobs I've ever had, most difficult, um, and I learned a, a lot and just tons from working there. 
Um, when I was there, I was in the uh, communications and collaboration space, so mostly focused on SharePoint development and administration. That's kind of how I ended up working with uh, with Chris. But um, so my that's my kind of my, my background. But there's a lot of um, kind of convincing people that they need to use applications like SharePoint. It's not just a, it's not intuitive as to why you would need it, right? So. The change management office is there, has been in place, um, I think, since 2011. So it is a separate practice. And the only thing that they do is talk to IT about what's coming out and make plans about how they're going to roll things out. The way to measure your success is usage. Um, Microsoft recognizes this. They have a, they have a whole adoption plan. Um, you know, they have this a, a methodology that they've adopted that's part of um, the governing body that I, I'm going to keep talking about, ProSign. Um, they've kind of adapted what they call the ADCAR um, model, which is essentially uh, how to communicate to your, end, to your end users. So it stands for Awareness, Desire, Knowledge, Ability, and Reinforcement. And the idea is end users need to be aware of the change. You need to inspire them. They need to have the desire to change. A lot of times they, they describe, you know, the process of weight loss, um, that that's a change that, you know, you need to be aware. You go to the doctor and he's like, hey, you're fat. You need to lose weight. Um, then you have to have the desire. I don't want to get diabetes. I want to be able to fit into those pants. Um, knowledge is the K. So knowledge you want to, you, you need to know how to lose weight. Do I need to work out? Do I need to stop eating? Um, and you need to have the ability to do it. The ability, the A, is training, right? And then reinforcement is that continual change. So this is the this is the model that Microsoft has put on put in. And again, it's ADKAR, A-D-K-A-R. There's a wonderful, very exciting book about it. Um, you know, if you guys ever need a sleeping pill, it's great. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that is, that's what Microsoft has adopted. They re they've recognized that um, adoption of their product is not an intrinsic thing and that they're constantly trying to add more value and, you know, to their two organizations are trying to provide more value. Um, but unless people are kind of aware of what that is and they understand how to change, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot of anything. So as a result, there are all kinds of usage statistics that are available about Office 365 now. They have a, a Power BI content pack you can activate from the admin console in Office 365 that's available. And then there are all kinds of um, third-party tools as well that will provide measurement. They provide um, st information all the way down to, like, you know, you have X number of users who are sending out files larger than 10 meg as attachments in your email. Um, and then you can target them with, with uh, training emails, and which is essentially a marketing campaign that says, hey, instead of sending out this big file, you can go to uh, OneDrive for Business and just send them a link, and then you guys can collaborate on changes. And um, So it, it's definitely usage. Microsoft also has a number of targets for usage as well of um, all of their workloads. So... Uh, and OCM is definitely something that um, has driven um, those usage numbers up. I've seen it myself 
with my own eyes, um, it definitely makes it makes a huge difference. So I think we've come a long way from, you know, in the past, the only time, uh, at, at least in my experience and with the companies and the organizations I've worked with in the past, the only time you'd bring in people to, to do training was if you were changing, you know, making a radical change from, from one system to another, right? So if you went from a, a, a domino Lotus Notes environment to an exchange environment, then yeah, you know, maybe the users needed a bit of training on that because Outlook's a new thing to them. Um, it's quite funny, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a project I did a little while ago uh, for when I was living in Australia and we, we were migrating a customer from uh, Exchange 2007 to Exchange 2010. A very, very, I mean, the, the migration itself was fairly complex. They were, you know, 24 hour a day operation, multiple data centers, things like that. And we did everything technically perfectly. And that never happens, but this was just beautiful. We cut, did the CAS cutover beautifully. There was no outage, everything was amazing. And then the call center started getting calls. And we we're like, but why? And the reason for that was that the login page on OA had now changed from purple from the purple of 2007 to the yellow of 2010. And no one had thought that users would react to that simple change, just a color change on the login page. Mm. And that that <laughs> caused a whole lot of help desk calls. So um, I think we've 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 kind of gone from that mentality where you only bring change in or people in to help with training and adoption when we are putting in something net new or very different to a to a place now where it's it's kind of a constant thing right and and where we it's in order to better use the system you already have you can do things like you just mentioned with mark targeted marketing campaigns around email attachments and 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 things like that right and to be clear i mean usage statistics as as the uh, kind of measurement of success. Um, Microsoft rec recognizes a 30 20 or 30 percent uh, adoption of OneDrive for businesses is considered good, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's that's kind of I mean, if you think of all the other avenues that end users have to save a document. Um, you know, it, it, twenty or thirty percent makes it makes a pretty big impact. But um, you know, I've I've been involved in efforts where I've seen um, as much as seventy to eighty percent adoption of uh, OneDrive for Business with 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 the right mechanisms in place um, and formal organizational change. So <clears throat> it's definitely something I think moving forward that you're going to see a lot more of. That's why you guys are talking me, to me today. It's because it's a buzzword, right? Everybody's talking about OCM and ACM and um, adoption and all these terms for getting end users to do what we want them to do. Um, so it, it is definitely something that needs to be managed on an ongoing basis. Most times, it doesn't sit directly within IT. So if you're worried about where it's going to go in your budget as an IT leader, send it over to the PMO. <laughs> or you know, make it its own, uh, its own thing. As also, it, there, there are definitely lines into the business um, outside of IT that, that that change management office will have. So they work with your training folks. They work with um, communications. They need to make sure that all of your branding and communications guidelines and all of that are being followed. Um, they sometimes work with legal, depending on what the communications involve or what the change involves. A lot of times they deal with uh, leadership, getting that leadership buying and buy-in is important and um, helping craft a message that 
is relevant that the leaders would actually want to give is important. So they have a lot more exposure to the business than your average, um, you know, IT, technical IT department would. So, Anna, I, look, so I have a question. If we break this down, so we, I, I think we all kind of understand the need for this now, but how does, are there some sort of components or, or building blocks that kind of make a good OCM strategy? Uh, you know, I know, we've talked about communication and um, adoption, those types of things. Kind of how does that all tie together? Absolutely. So good, when we talk about a change management plan or organizational change management plan or adoption plan, um, it starts with setting a vision for your change. So you can, it's really easy to just say, we're moving to, we're moving from exchange to uh, exchange on premises to online. And now we have Office 365, Um, you know, go use it. Use what? Do you want me to use, and, and how do you want me to use it? So understanding what it is that you want to do with that product is number one. It seems like a simple thing, and, and people tend to oversimplify the, the idea of that. But what do you want to do? Do you want, Im- do you want to improve the lives and the working environment for your end users? Do you want to allow them to um, you know, be able to get their documents from anywhere? Do you want them to be able to operate more remotely? Um, so some of those overarching kind of themes for what you want to provide your end users um, will really help you formulate a message down the road. So that's start. That's number one. Um, number two is engaging stakeholders and stakeholders are everybody from, you know, leadership down to people who are sitting on, on the front lines. The, the first people that you are going to engage are leadership because they are the folks who are, um, the, the most influential within the organization. You know, if you think about, in, in particular, something, in, something within Teams um, that we're using right now, that we're not using, is, uh, you know, video. The only time I ever log on to my video is if, I, if my manager <laughs> is on, right? Um, at, least, at least for me, for a lot of people, that's what, that's what they'll do. If there's some sort of mandate that come down, comes down that says we need to start using our video, um, then that's when people will will adopt that behavior. There are a lot of things that are simply not intrinsic to to people like us who are in IT. It's it's not it, it, it's not something that computes. What do you mean you're not I you know, I don't want you don't want the latest and greatest. To most people, they don't want you to to move anything. Don't touch anything that I do, don't change it. Um so there has to be some sort of pull or push. Um, and that's what the leadership sits there and does. They need to buy into the change and they need to understand how to communicate to people. And then that goes all the way through um, IT management down to uh, business management and then ultimately to the end user. Um, there are a number of pieces that are really important um, related to governance. You need to understand how, what is relevant to your organization to how you are using that technology. And then we get into the more tactical, um, traditional idea of uh, organizational change management, which is you know communications, training, um, obviously putting in some sort of measurement for success, and then ultimately having a, an, an ongoing adoption plan. How often are you going to revisit um, information about updates that have, have occurred? Um, how are you going to get people to adopt additional applications? 
Um, you know, how do you, so Teams is a great example. There are some departments within an organization that are really just kind of ready for it. Um, and they're willing to go in and figure it out. And then there are others that have no idea what to do with it. And mostly it's leadership, right? Uh, they can't make a lot of decisions about it. So um, that ongoing adoption within Office 365 um, is an, in particular is, is important. So those are really kind of the major pieces of a um, an OCM plan um, that I would that I would look look at. There are other uh, pieces that are certainly important, uh, especially when you look at traditional methodologies like what I was talking about for, before the ADCAR model. Um, they talk a, about a lot about resistance management. Um, and they talk a lot about how to, you know, identify where your where your sources of resistance to change exist, um, and just a, a number of other kind of things that get into deeper, you know, reasons for why people aren't aren't changing and how to how to bring them along. Doesn't always apply when you're just putting new technology in front of people. Um, there are instances in which change is a lot more difficult, like a restructuring within your organization uh, or, you know, layoffs, things like that. Where do service owners fit into that? Uh, define, when you say service owners, define, are you, are we, are we talking about application owners? So like an exchange admin? Yeah, so a... I, I used to work for a, a global law firm and I owned messaging all up as a service. And I would drive everything or own everything that's related to that service and I would then also be held accountable for any changes that needed to happen within that. So how would you have engaged with me as the messaging service owner look at uh, SharePoint and uh, desktop technologies as other service owners potentially? So I, I mentioned just briefly that governance is an, is an important piece of that. Um, part of you know, determining what governance needs to be in place is is putting the right infrastructure in place in your organization to make decisions uh, for governance. Governance, and that is definitely something that that you know every organizational change engagement um, that I've been through. That's something that we undertake, and that governance uh, structure usually looks like you have um, your leadership team at the top who are kind of approving the major decisions that need to be made. Um, underneath that, you have an IT management layer um, who kind of gathers all that information and filter, filters it up to the leadership. And under that, you have two teams. You have a, a, a tactical team who would be you, who would be like an exchange admin um, or you know, an Active Directory admin, something like that. So they are the ones who are communicating to management. Here's all the things that can be done. On the other side, on the other side of it uh, is the business who is saying, here's all the things that we want. So underneath IT management, who are ultimately responsible for making the decision, um, is tactical and then the business they go you it's important in particular with everything that's available out there to understand what your business needs and that's that's definitely part of what of the benefit of you know cloud technologies is that you're able to move a lot faster um, but in most cases your end users are still two or three steps ahead of you 
Yes. Um, so, so that regular communication with the business is a, is a an important uh, part of that governance infrastructure. So you get those two teams together and you talk through um, what's available, needs versus wants, um, and come to whatever decision that needs to be made. Um, and then they filter that up through through the uh, through leadership to kind of eventually determine what what exactly is going to happen but you as an application owner certainly um or what did you what did you call it a a A service owner a service owner yes as a service owner um as a service owner you definitely still have a pretty major hand in influencing what those decisions are um it's ocm that facilitates that though cool and so but i'm generally the clown on the show so I'm going to segue into, a couple, <laughs> segue into a couple of other questions. So one of them is going to be slightly more personal. Is Do you apply OCM to your daily life? Does it apply to you? Um, do you have that bit of OCD? And second part of the question would be, um, what kind of a person does it take to do what you do? How does somebody get into OCM? Huh. How does somebody so for- do ADCAR? So first of all, I have to ask, um, Chris, did you, did you like prime him for that clown comment? I absolutely did not. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, I ask because I have a, I have, I have a, a, a terrible phobia of clowns and I work for him. Oh my. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there, there's the most interesting tidbit of the, uh, of the podcast. Okay, well, call me a joker. I'm, yes. Yeah. Jester, if you will. Yes, uh, I am some sort of glutton for punishment, but yeah. So that was that was particularly appropriate. Um, but uh, as far as for myself, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I suppose these are these are really things that, in a in a change sense, that we go through, uh, kind of without even thinking about it. When I when I talked about how you know it's really the same people who are really excited to get the new iPhone, you know, get incensed when you move an icon on their desktop. Yes. Right? Do you have a new iPhone? Yes. Um, so, you know, you're either, you're either, you're that type in, in particular areas of your life where you just roll with the change and you're excited about, or you're even excited about it. And then other areas you're like, no, don't change this ever. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really find, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't really find myself, you know, sitting up at night thinking about the, the change that's coming. Um, but I do, when I hear about conflict outside of IT, about changes, like if, in particular, when they roll out new um, benefit benefits in our organization, um, I'm always thinking about, well, you know, clearly they didn't get the right buy-in here. Or, you know, they really should have done more of this within the change management framework. So I do, in a business um, sense, I do find myself referring back to, you know, some of that, some of those methodologies. Um, But in in my personal life, no, I'm definitely more of a technologist in my personal life um, than I am necessarily a change uh, agent. But um, as far as what does it take, I really kind of fell into this. Um, and I feel like pretty much anybody who's in change management today, 
or organization, organizational change management probably has. In most cases, they have a, a background in communications. There is a lot of content creation. There's a lot of, you know, putting together emails and presentations and training and that sort of thing that <clears throat> that a background in communications is, is important. In particular, if you're going to deal with something like rolling out an, like Office 365, you should also have some sort of passion for that technology or some kind of interest in, that, in technology. You should know about it as well. So to me, the perfect OCM person has both excellent written and oral communication skills and um, the uh, technology piece down as well. So that's not, obviously that's not for everyone. What I will say that's interesting about my journey to OCM is by way of education, uh, I really have, my education is in managing change and organizational behavior. Uh, so it's really kind of like a business psychology degree. It was one of the first um, organizations in the United States that recognized, uh, or universities in the United States that recognized organizational change management as a, as a thing. Um, and I really kind of fell into that as a means of just completing my college education. <laughs> so I, it's interesting to me that I've, I've wound up in the thing that I actually went for, to school for because I spent many years, um, you know, doing things like administrating SharePoint um, and, you know, uh, developing applications and things like that. So my, my way has been really kind of zigzagged to get to this place where I'm, where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say most importantly, we are dealing with people. We need, we need people who, who like people and who like to talk and communicate and get excited when, when other people are excited. Um, there's nothing less motivating than somebody who clearly doesn't, uh, doesn't like what they're talking about, trying to get you to sure. adopt the thing that they're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like having a, uh, a personal trainer who's massively overweight, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, on that note, Anna, thank you very much for uh, for spending time with us. Um, I guess to to wrap up, I wanted to just ask if there were any uh, resources, um, you know, that you know of that would be useful to anyone who's who's you know interested in learning more about uh, organizational change management. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, ProSci is the the big you know, methodology governing body. There's also uh, the Association of Change Management uh, Professionals. That certification is uh, recognized globally. That's, CC, that's the CCMP, and it's essentially the, um, you know, change management version of, uh, of your PMP or your pro project management professional certification. Um, so ProSci is P-R-O-S-C-I for anybody who's, who's interested in that. There are tons of books um, about organizational change, ADCAR being one of them. If you look that up on Amazon, there's tons of stuff about it. Um, the one that I really like is called Lean Change Management. Um, it's really kind of a, a little bit different approach um, it, it's, it, uh, to managing organizational change and how to, how to focus on what's important. Um, and then there's a number of, uh, of blogs that are out there about uh, change management. There's a change management review. Um, there's another one that's specific to the lean change management model as well. Um, so I, I would say if you Google OCM, you'll get about a million things uh, that come up. 
if you are looking for information, always look for the specific thing that you are trying to change. So if it's Office 365 and adoption, um, those are the resources you're going to be looking for. Microsoft, again, they have tons of information out there. Uh, in particular, through through Fast Track, now they can give you an entire um, they can give you an entire plan for rolling out organizational change. I think it's like 12 or 13 decks. Uh, and each one of those is about 20, page, 20 slides long. So um, there's tons of information now that, that's out there. Wow, excellent. That's, that's really, that's awesome. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, I'll make sure that I get those uh, written up in the show notes and um, we will make sure that folks can get to them. Uh, Anna, thank you very much again for your time and um, thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you. Thanks, guys. Anna. Really appreciate it. All right. Hey everyone, before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.